You're never too busy for the things that are important to you. So you don't actually know how important this is to you. So you may want to think about, as dramatic as it sounds, the end of the road, the end of your life. What do you want people to be able to say about that life that you lived? Because every single day you are creating it. So how do you want that life to be related to? What are you going to do today to create that? Hey, welcome back to the 32nd Book Club podcast, a place for people who want to read more books and be in a book club, but don't have time to do either. We take care of that for you. My name's Andy, and this is season two, episode one of the 32nd Book Club podcast. Thanks so much for your patience as we were working on some new things and figuring some stuff out, and now we're back and better than ever. Starting off this season with Emily Golden talking about her book, The New Golden Rule. And Emily, what inspired you to write your book? I spent most of my life beating myself into um, a state of production. So I was a very, I was successful. Um, I built a career in human resources, spent 17 years climbing the corporate ladder, had two children. You know, I, I had, I had this great life, but inside I was really unhappy. I was, um, unsatisfied. I was um, feeling burnt out. And at the heart of it was the relationship that I had with myself. So um, I was not kind to myself. I thought, just try harder, just push harder, just be a little bit more perfect. Um, Just please people a little bit more. And finally, you'll feel good. Um, And that's really the basic, that's the basic sentiment. And when I had a major breakthrough five years ago in coaching myself, it occurred to me that, hey, I'm not alone. There are a lot of people who are living their life under this false belief that we are supposed to be pushing and being perfect in order to be accepted. And at the end of the day, it comes down to the relationship we have with ourselves. So you talk about that a little bit right at the very beginning of the lives you've been believing. A lot of that is, is uh, perfection, right? Yes, absolutely. So um, perfectionism, unlike what most people think, most people who um, hear it say, I'm not a perfectionist. My house isn't in, 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 in great order and everything in my life isn't perfect. That's not what perfectionism is. Perfectionism is about controlling the way other people see you because you, you believe that you're flawed in some way. So if you can control the way other people see you and um, have them see you, have other people see you in a positive light, then maybe you can feel better yourself. Um, So perfectionism at the core is really all about control. And um, it's about not liking yourself very much. So let's talk about this. Then you jump into chapter two, talking about the new golden rule. So what is that? So the old golden rule is to treat others the way you want to be treated. And while there's nothing wrong with that, I actually turn that on its head and I say, treat yourself the way you want to be treated. If you are not taking care of yourself, if you are not being kind to yourself in the way you're talking to yourself, taking care of your body, taking care of your own needs, how on earth are you going to be able to show up for anyone else? And that 
that that goes for all parts of life, whether it's your career, um, your personal relationships. Um, so the new golden rule is really about taking care of your own needs first. And no, it is not a selfish way of living. It's actually what we all need to be doing in order to be happy and satisfied. And imagine if we were all taking care of ourselves, we would be able to take care of others much more easily and we'd be kind. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've heard, I'm sure you've heard this too. I've heard this, that, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Yes. And, and how much do we see that right now? Absolutely. People striking out. And I, when I see that, I say, wow, what must be going on for the person who's striking out? They must be so miserable inside. Have compassion. And it starts with having compassion for you having forgiveness for your own imperfections and frailties. We are all imperfect. All of us. <laughs> Part of what makes us lovable. Right. Right. So as, as you know, there's this really big internal journey, you know, that you can go on as you're reading this book and you're thinking, okay, I, uh, Emily, I, I want to love myself, but I don't know if I want to take that deep dive and look at those imperfections. Now, well, how can you how can you be kind to yourself when you're on that journey? Well, great question. First off, it seems like a cavernous ocean, um, and when you dip your toe in it, it's often really just a little puddle. Um, it's not that deep. It's um, yes, this work takes work and intention, and it's really about practice. So the first thing I would say is if you are courageous enough to go on the journey of beginning to like yourself. I'm not gonna go love, I get it, that might sound airy-fairy and too far-fetched, but if you're willing to be courageous and to start to like yourself, get yourself supported. And what does that mean? Surround yourself with the kinds of people who are positive, who believe in transformation, um, and so that is, you know, really ensuring that the energy around you is a positive energy. And, and that could be like people, friends, people that you actually know. It could also be, what are you consuming in terms of media? Um, what are you listening to, um, it, you know, podcasts? What are you reading? We all have the ability to censor what we allow in energetically. Secondly, um, read, 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 read books, read books like the new golden rule. Um, if you tune into that frequency of, um, of, of transformation, you're going to find more of it where, where we look, what we look for expands. Um, and then I always say, if you're having a really hard time with doing this work yourself and it feels like it's impossible, reach out to someone for support. You can reach out to a coach. You can reach out to a therapist, a mentor. Someone who's been through their own transformation um, is, is, is a great place uh, as a resource. We are pack animals. So for any of us to think that we can do this alone is foolish. But yet we want to, especially those of us that are perfectionists, like, oh, I'm good. I got this. <laughs> I can't trust this to anyone else. It's, it can only be done if I do it. Right? The way I load the dishwasher. I'm not talking to my husband. I promise. <laughs> Emily, let's go here. Let's talk about, um, you know, once you kind of start doing this internal journey, when we get to chapter four, we talk about creating the vision. And I think, 
especially with COVID, you know, we're almost at the year mark of just kind of our lives being turned upside down. I think a lot of people may have just given up on the vision, not even know, you know, how do I start that journey of having a vision for my life that is more than just being in sweatpants all day at home? <laughs> Great point. And please, please do not lose the power of vision. So first off, in my book, I talk about the, that I have this fundamental belief that there are two sides of self. There's the golden self, the highest and best you, the essence of who you are and always were and always will be. Um, and then there's this survival instinct, survival self, this mechanism that protects you, that um, keeps you safe. And so when you talk about where we are right now with COVID and people are saying, I don't even, I can't vision. I, I, I just, give me my sweatpants, some ice cream and let's you know snuggle up on the couch you're coming from, that's a survival instinct and it totally makes sense. So the first step when talking about visioning is to get connected with that highest and best you. So who are you at your highest and best? And um, I actually walk through the process of how to distinguish that. But from, for me, at my highest and best, I am passion, I am vision, I am wit, I am love. And it's from there, from that place that I want to create my future. And when I can stand in that place, and that might mean getting real quiet. For me, it's really like sinking into my body and just getting connected with that. Then I can start to think about the future I want to create. And when I think about the future I want to create, I always challenge myself to stand in the future a year from today. So what will my life look like February 22nd, 2022? I get to say, so I design my life from the future, from my highest and best place. And I, I get really um, excited about what I'm creating and I write it down and I talk about it and I share it and every day, I come back to it in a simple way. I write my gratitudes every morning when I brew my coffee. And I've recently started writing a couple of sentences about my vision for my business. It excites me and it makes it so much less painful when I'm dealing with an administrative issue or something that could be really irritating. What is it all for? So for anyone listening, having a vision is so important. Depression sets in when you don't have a vision. You must have a vision for your life. My marriage is infinitely better because my husband and I have a vision for our future. When we got married, we were happy as can be. We had a vision. We knew we wanted to buy a house and have children and grow our careers, but we become complacent over time. So recently I brought like, what's our vision once our kids graduate from high school? And we started talking about that. It could be triggering. What if we don't actually create it? But we get to say, it's exciting. So good. And, and, and I, I love that, you know, as, we, as you move on in the book, you have a suggestion. I think this kind of ties back into the whole perfection thing, but you have, have advice for someone who feels like they do everything. What is that? Um. So the advice for some, well, there's a lot of advice throughout the book about right. for people who think they do everything. But right. first off, um, saying, saying no, 
Is that is that this the particular piece that yeah, you're looking yeah. you for? Yeah, yeah. You say, do you, do you do everything? Stop, right? Right, right. Yeah. Stop, <laughs> right? So no, no is a complete sentence. N-O, period. So a lot of times in my work with clients, I, we, I challenge my client with a very simple practice of saying no once a day. What will you say no to? And this seems so simple, and yet it is so scary. Uh, myself as this recovering perfectionist, I used to say yes to everything. I thought that that was like what I was supposed to be doing. That's what made me that's what made me good and successful. And the truth is that in order to get to the next level in my life, I actually had to learn how to say no, say no to say yes. One of my coaches said to me once, Emily, when someone asks me to do something and I'm a no, I say, I'm a gracious no, thank you. So I started saying that, I'm a gracious no, thank you. And it, it, it's no is a complete sentence, just know that. The other thing is, um, if you are doing everything, um, you are likely also feeling righteous and and angry beneath the surface. Like, just be honest, right? If you are doing everything, y- you are you're 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 burning yourself out. Getting radically supported, and that looks like turning to people for help, um, hiring help if you're able, if you're in a fortunate position and you're able to do that, um, or you know, relying on your family members. I mean, you know. I have a 16-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son, and the amount of times I forget that they are able body and can actually do a lot of the stuff around the house, I, I, I have to remind myself, right? So asking for support and being willing, again, to accept imperfect support. And let's go here. So you we were talking a little a while ago about, you know, vision and, you know, and you talk at the very closer to the end of the book that we have this tendency and you have a lot of clients that will say this, Emily, I'm too busy to be able to keep following my vision. So what's your advice if someone says, well, I'd love to do this. I'd love to have a great vision, but I just, you know, I think especially, you know, where you are as as a mom of of kids, you know, at a very important time, it can, as a parent, you can easily say, well, I'm I'm busy parenting right now. I don't have time to do this. Maybe someday when I don't have all this, you know, how, how do we find time to do that now? Well, first off, Consider that it is an act of love to give yourself some space to think about your vision. Consider that the amount of time, which PS is not a lot of time, right? Three, five minutes to think about your vision is will actually pay itself back because you will be more engaged and enrolled in what you are doing. Whenever we take a moment to wake ourselves up from being on autopilot and sleepwalking through life, we get back in our day. So we can all be too busy all the time. And I, with love, say you're never too busy for the things that are important to you. So you don't actually know how important this is to you. So you may want to think about, as dramatic as it sounds, the end of the road, the end of your life. What do you want people to be able to say about that life that you lived? Because every single day you are creating it. So how do you want that life to be related to? What are you going to do today to create that? It's so important. And sometimes the other thing is people get so busy um, that they actually forget. It's not, it's not like they don't, um, 
they just, they just forget. So I'm a big one with, um, with, with prompts left to our own devices, we'll forget. So prompts, I mean, I have sticky notes around my house. I've got, um, now they've got amazing little sayings that you can go to any store and, um, or go online and you can get sayings. I have them all around my office, but, um, you, you know, use these opportunities, uh, use these things as opportunities to remind yourself, put reminders on your phone. You know, a lot of times I'll say to people with regard to the golden self, you're lot, you're going to forget who you really are, highest and best, put put it as the background on your phone. You look at your phone. I know that many, many times a day. So um, just, you know, prompt yourself. Hmm. One more question for you, Emily. I love at the end uh, talking about confidence. And you, you said that the idea many people have is when I get confident, I will take that action. But you say that's actually kind of the wrong mentality to have. And I thought that was really good because I don't think I'd ever thought of it that way. What, what confidence really looks like. Yeah. So people come to me all the time and they're like, what I want is to work with you so that I can become more confident so that I can ask for that raise or go out and get that new job or do that thing that I've always wanted to do. And I say, happy to talk about working together and let's slow, slow it down because you've got it all wrong. Confidence comes from taking action, failing, falling down and getting back up, then taking action, failing, falling down and getting back up. Confidence is like building any muscle. It's not something you go into a store and buy. It's not something anyone else can give to you. Some people occur as more confident energetically, and there may be some truth to that. I've, I've always been told my whole life, you're so confident. But the truth is on the inside, there are many things that I am not confident about. But I go out of my way to step outside my comfort zone every day to build the muscle of confidence. Because to me, that is living my most expansive life. So go out and be willing to fail. Don't be attached to the outcome. Just try the new thing. So what do you do when it seems like everyone else is getting their dreams and you're not? How do you celebrate them? How do you keep waiting for God uh, to do great things in your life when it feels like he's not? Well, Heather Thompson Day has written an incredible book for you. It's called It's Not Your Turn. And she'll be sharing more in the 30-second book club next week.